I stand firmly in the fact that I'm one of the best to ever do this for the culture, for my coast, and for my city. This is the best rapper in LA podcast. 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 And I'm your host, Merce. 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 What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? Welcome back to the Best Rapper in LA podcast. We were getting to episode 23. A little bit of business first. If you guys, ladies, humans out there are listening, I'm not trying to do the podcast that has less reviews than episodes. So please, please review, like, subscribe, share with a friend. We're getting to the dangerous tipping point. I'm gonna finish because this is my marathon, but I don't, I, I don't really want to be that guy with more episodes than re- reviews. Because I know that there's at this point, first week or couple of days of listening, there's over a thousand of you out there. I'm talking to at this point. Don't need to have a thousand reviews. That'd be great, or likes, or stars, or whatever. But I can't be out here looking crazy, or I will be. <laughs> it's been that way for decades now. Next order of business is Rob, who does a great job editing this podcast. Is doing this for me very cheap. He's freelance. He quit his job to do stuff like this a few years ago. He has a, a, a large clientele that in, in, includes some well-known podcasters. He loves me and he loves this podcast. But if you were to join the Patreon, it would help me pay Rob more money for what he does. Merce 316, the ninth edition. You heard the first song last uh, week. The intro was done last. That is something me and Knife have made tradition. We only work for five days. We only do two songs a day. He picks all the beats. But this was before it was tradition. We needed an intro, I think, so we just did it last. Um, But things that we did on this trip became tradition. I believe on this trip, we also went to visit his family in Winston-Salem, where he's originally from, or he's, as he says, the crib. I met his brother Pumpkin, rest in peace, his mother and father. I stayed at his home. He took me from all the craziness that day. I forget, I did not stay at the hotel. I said he dropped me off at the hotel, and that's how I started. This is before, I think I maybe got a hotel later in the in the week, but originally the first couple nights I stayed with... Uh, He, his wife, and their oldest daughter, I don't think the youngest was born yet, or she was, his wife was pregnant with the youngest. This story arc goes so long, I'll do a Star Wars spoiler, that eventually this unborn child does a beat on the Ilya is dead and the Odyssey is over. This is how long this brotherhood has continued. This young lady isn't even born, and she's going to do a beat on one of our albums. One of the most streamed songs on our album, The Iliad is Dead and the Odyssey is Over. 
two of the best MC standing, Cole Brandon. These all-star checks I'm spending, I'm Diddy dancing. Without the shiny suits though, your new favorite duo. Had a Gucci on the floor, I left the Versace for Bruno. And who knows, the next time you'll see niggas connect rhymes. You'll have to birth the second coming like knife on the baseline. Turn and shoot, no seconds left, don't have to look, you know it's wet. When I'm on my L.A. shit like Ronnie beating on his chest. He has his nephews over, Ninth is a very familiar man. They're watching Beach Street. They're 10, 11-year-old young black boys running between his manager, Doe, at the time, lived down the hill in a, in a little, like, like a condominium home complex something. And uh, so I kind of got to babysit the first time, night and hang out with them. And we're running up. They're watching Beach Street, Crush Group, little black boys in um, North Carolina. All they want to do is watch Beach Street and Crush Group. Yo, just give us a little bit more snare in the speakers. We be all right, you Word. know what I'm saying? Ready to roll, Kurt. Now look, remember, do it right this time, and I want rock and roll, baby. I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. Sucker MCs should call me sire. To fold my kingdom, you must choose fire. I won't stop rocking till I retire. Now we rock. I thought that was so dope and amazing and witnessing his manager, Doe, be a, a, a great father and, and Knife be a great, like fathers, black fathers living across from each other with young black children watching, you need letting them run free at night. Like, you know, it reminded me of Linwood before uh, the crack and gang banging got so intense. And it's just outdoors. So there's green, there's actual stars, there's crickets, shit like that. It was, um, it was impactful. Um, and, you know, still being able to, you know, go out and party. Knife didn't drink at the time. I don't think he drinks now. Um, but I don't know. But he didn't drink then. And so just like, you know, you go hang out to hear music, play music, and uh, come home to your family and hang out with your nieces and nephews and your kids. And it's just, man, to me, this is American excellence or black excellence or whatever you want to call it, not how much money you have or what you drive. And it's something that I'm experiencing the first time. My homies at these ages are not married. They're not full-time dads. They're not college graduates, you know. Not that they're bad. It's just not the way things worked out for us on the West Side as we... I'm not saying that anymore. Due to the lack of HBCUs and numerous other things. It's not how it worked out with my homies. So this is the first time me seeing young Black men educated with young black educated college graduate wives and you know not living in like just in a black community it was it was surreal and inspiring uh, and this is also when knife starts to man merge you gotta settle down you gotta come on man like you know what you do i'm fucking 20 what 23 bro are you kidding me i'm about to you don't even know i'm about to record bad man fool <laughs> Got all your girlfriends thinking that I'm the He's telling me about settling. I'm about to do freak these tales. My brother on this album, you ain't First, let me ask for forgiveness since I might go to hell. But I'm addicted to these girls, the way they fuck, feel, smell. And I've been around the world, in and out of hotels. Now I'm finally off tour. I got some stories to tell. Next day, we head down to the dentist's office. I want to do it in the order of re-recorded it, but I'll do it in the order of the album because I don't remember. It's best that way because I don't remember what album we did first. We get down in the basement. We roll with, I think, Mike Burvick, a couple other folks. Joe Scudder's in and out. 
Doe is around, I think. It's just crisis is around. Go to Comanche's house. Shout out to Caesar Comanche, one of the OG members of Justice League. I think Legacy is around. I may be fabricating, but I'm pretty sure like the whole Justice League is a crew, but everybody's in there watching me record. To know Knife Wonder is to know that he always has a crew. Not like an entourage or hitters and killers. Just he's a very familiar family man. So if you want to hang out, he's ready to hang out. You Wherever he go, you go. So everybody, when they're off work, when they're out of school, whatever, is coming through this dentist office. I have been recording by myself, me and Todd Mumford, me and the engineer. I do not like audience. I'm still shy. I don't like rapping in front of people. That always trips people out. I do not like performing at all. It's something that I must do. I've gotten good at. And when I can forget myself, I can enjoy it. But it's hard for me to rap in front of people when I know the songs. When I just wrote these songs and I don't have I haven't decided if they're good songs yet. I don't like being in the studio with a lot. My mama don't like a lot of people coming over. Friday. Which a very influential black woman once told me is not a comedy, but a documentary. And I must agree. I only refer to Friday as a documentary. I don't like a lot of people in the booth, in the studio when I'm rapping. But guess what? Knife Wonder didn't give a fuck. And fucking right. So it brought something out of me where before I go on stage, I'm in a fight. That's why I'm my performance is so energetic. It comes off as a smile. But as y'all know who listen to the podcast, we've talked about, I, I will start to smile in the middle of a fight. I love the aggression. I love the energy. So I flipped that switch in order to get up the courage because as my life coach, therapist has told me, you know, fear is not a safe place. Sadness is not a safe place. But when you're angry, you feel some of us feel safer. So I made myself angry and defensive because I felt safer than being vulnerable. Or I knew that I was vulnerable, so I acted on the defense. When no one was there judging me, I probably think they were there to support me and support their friend. However, later on, these I, I can feel some vibes turn into, I feel, doesn't mean it's true. I feel like I better be dope because this is, he could be working with Buckshot. He could be working with Sean Price. He could be working with me. Why is Ninth giving his time and these beats to you? These are Ninth Wonder beats, you know? As soon as I get off the plane, the Black Album's not up, out yet, but the scene, the, the inner circle knows. So now I'm with a platinum, their, their platinum producer. So I put that on my shoulder. Whether that was a sentiment or not, I felt that grew and grew over the years. So every time I go into his studio, I am serious as fuck. Because even if they don't feel that way, it's still a privilege for me to rap on these beats with this man. So I cannot fuck around. Then we add the West Coast. What did I say? Uh, last week, really very turned up about representing the West Coast. So I'm like, all right, here we go. And I start all my albums with What Up Though? And the more I listen to this podcast, the more I know me and my brother are like identical twins. I sound like him. He sounds like me. We don't really look alike, but we sound alike. Our mannerisms are the same. Our sense of humor, um, our top five rappers, all that is the same. He got me into saying, what up, though? I don't know if he went to school. I didn't know it was a Detroit thing. I, he was the only person I knew. He started saying that every time I would call him to check in on him at college. And a lot of the time, he 
influences my slang. Just shut your fat mouth. That was him. Shut your fat mouth and listen. He he's a funny guy. So he is there, and I guess as well as a safety blanket, my brother, who is definitely definitely does make you feel safe with his size, but also because I know he's one of the few people in my life that there's no question about. When it goes down, we've been back to back, side to side in some very tense situations. I, I foolishly said this at his wedding, but we have gone outside willing multiple times, willing to die together um, for whatever it was, whether it's for trying to fight, the foolishly trying to fight the whole security staff at Maritime Hall. And if you know that security staff, it's, it's, in, it's in the city. So a lot of uh, Pacific Islander gentlemen who are large, Tongan, Samoan, Samoan brothers that just laughed at us. But well, I was like, whatever it is, and he was right there with me. Everybody else left. Um, so that's my brother. So him using his slang for the intro definitely gave me you know, a little power. So there is a piece of foam hanging in the center of a room that's in the basement of a dental office. Ninth Wonder sits on this other side of the phone on a, I think it's like a little makeshift desk. I stand at this mic. I can't tell you what type of mic it is. I can tell you that it wasn't expensive. And we record this album straight into his PC. But Ninth Wonder only let me do one takes most of the time. One take, punch, one take, punch. If I didn't get it all the way through, there was no going back and redoing. All right, take it after you said, Dex stuck against me since the outset. You can hear the punch. But now it's my outlet. It feels a tour of punk bands, and I'm still, that's a punch. Anticipation got the deck stacked against me since the outset. Ninth got a feeling for an instrumental version of an album that ain't out yet, but now it's my outlet. And it feels so good. Tour of punk bands when I'm still so good. So good, it's ridiculous. Still like Nicholas, that makes three times doper than your favorite MC riding around with a show. You hear obvious punch. Now he's so good, you know, but I would assume he wasn't as good 20 years ago. Um, so his punches weren't as great as I, you know, I want them to be where you don't notice, but they're as good as RZA's or E-40's. Like, a lot of people punch in and you can hear it. It's part of Slick Rick. It's part of the style. And Ninth Wonder, being a scholar, he would always recite, well, you can hear the punch on Children's Story by Slick Rick. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, we laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good. There lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he said. Me and you tonight, we're gonna make some cash Robbing old folks and making the dash They did the job, money came with ease But one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease He robbed another Stick and another up. And my sister and a brother Tried to rob a man who was a DT undercover The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic He said, keep still boy, no need for static And he would come with the line, see? And this is before YouTube and all this shit Where we could just go and listen to the song real quick I had to take his word for it And I also had to have a knowledge of these songs So that we could communicate that is another level that I rarely talk about with Ninth Wonder. He is a hip-hop scholar, and we have been able to build upon the foundation of our love, respect, and knowledge of this culture. So when he would reference like, yeah, Slick Rick did it like that, RZA does punch it like that, you're good, chill out. And you have to keep in mind that my defenses are still up. But where I have humility and where people uh, judge him, like, why'd you get all the dope beats to Ninth? is because I'm humble enough I'm knife, why'd you give all the dope beats to Merce? It's because I'm humble enough to say, you are the producer. He picks the 10 beats before I get there. He says, this is what you're going to rap on. He already, he said, you're going to rap on this. 
this is this song, whatever you say on this song, Joe Scudder is going to talk some stuff on the on the on the breakdown. This is the animal. Fonte is going to take it from here with you. He's going to produce it and like come up with the concepts and the hooks and everything. That's his song. You're going to meet up with him to do that. That's the vision of the album. When we get to uh, Murray's Revenge, same thing. Scud is going to be on this song with you. Pooh's going to, like, I don't choose the features. I don't do anything early on. For Never is where I first, like, stepped in and started bringing a West Coast vibe uh, as far as features because we recorded. That's the first album we didn't record in North Carolina. I do the intro. We do it last. It's the last song we do on the way to the airport, I believe. And I don't believe this is the trip or the Lex trip is one where he makes me, before we get to the airport, stop and buy Trap Music by T.I. I think this is the one because that's the one with Rubber Band Man on it. He sent me home with that. And this intro done. And spoiler alert, I get on the plane, I'm almost in tears. I'm like, what did I do the past five days? This is the worst album I've ever done. That's how I feel. Anticipation got the deck stacked against me since the outset. So that's the first line because Ninth Wonder is getting a buzz. This buzz is growing literally day by day as we record this album. More people are finding out that he has a beat on the... on the. We're all finding out that producer list... And this is one of the first albums that maybe the album that made producer list and track list popular. His name is on there. So literally, anticipation got the deck stacked against me since the outset. Why does this L.A. nigga get to rhyme over Ninth Wonder Beats? Now I've got a Fiend for an instrumental version. Now it's my outlet feel. So tour punk bands. So I'm coming fresh off Warp Tour. And like I said, touring with this, this world of, of, of mostly white, white indie rap fans. But I'm still so hood. So hood is ridiculous. Still at Nicholas. Three times doper. That's a group. Greatest Man Alive. One of my favorite songs. Once again, me and Ninth building on our knowledge and, and affinity for hip hop culture. Legendary group from Philadelphia. Three times dope. Greatest Man Alive. One of my favorite songs. The album was called, uh, I think it was Agniculus, Agniculus, and it was just a, you know, very hip-hop nerd word to throw up, and I think that was the name of the album by, by um, and then the rapper's name is EST, Three Times Dope. I just, why am I just realizing that that's where Three Times Crazy came from? Aggerman, Bart, and uh, of course, uh, uh, Kick the Sneak. Three times crazy, three times old. Lexus kind of clean crease in my jeans. Ready to hit this. When everybody get with this, is going down and die. Up in the town and die. Rolling bankers up on makeup for the chronic. Yeah, just more conscious rap shit. Backpacker uh, killing the pimp and niggas need to nigga, nigga, fucker. So I got sober, got drunk again, got my boy come. So that was me from, I was still dealing with my, uh, my depression, my anxiety. I shouldn't have been using nicotine, abusing nicotine and, and liquor. Um, 
So that's where the, I'm still trying to buy Murray's Revenge. I'm sober and I'm done with panic attacks and I'm done with that form of depression. Here, I'm still working on it. Through my nuts on the finish line, I come to win. The metaphors, you know, your nuts are on the finish line, so your dick hangs over the finish line. You come and you win. You you ejaculate across the finish. What a visual. What do men, why do men rap about their dick so much? Alan Iverson reference, Shake You After, and then Star Wars reference. Like, I really feel I'm the only person going from Warp Tour references to Hood references to uh, Three Times Dope references to Star Wars references to a later on a couple bars on my name drop Fruity Loops, Alan basketball references all in a 32 bar song or intro. Is this a song or not? Weigh in on the on on the uh, Patreon or wherever you listen to this podcast in the comments if you want. Does this song count? Technically, there's enough bars in it for me to count. But what does that matter? This is more than music. But buying this disc, you were born into a movement, not a revolution. I try to get a little tricky with the with the with the, you know, now I'm, I'm kind of in the pocket, just boom, 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 boom. And then I try to get a little creative, but not a revolutionary. Nothing but the truth of carry change if you want to change. It's even very Jay-Z, kind of Philly. That da 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 It's the Philly flow. Not a revolutionary, nothing but the truth of carry change. If you want to change the commerce of you to carry, all I'm trying to do is lighten the load. So I got sober, got drunk again, March 316, let the fun begin. But this was the last song. Uh, yeah, the beginning, the end, chronologically of the trip, the beginning of an era that we didn't know what to expect. As we get into Murray's Revenge and Walk Like a Man, we'll start to talk a little bit more about my homie 4 or 5. My goal was to do this album and move on to some West Coast shit. After I dropped into the beginning and I had a buzz, I was in New York often at the Def Jux office. There are certain West Coast producers, now that I had a buzz, I had been in the source, they were aware of me. So I thought this would be a great time to reach out to blah, blah, blah. Last week's episode was a mess. I'm sorry. I forgot. That was the first order of business I want to take care of. I'm sorry. I got out of the habit of doing these because of the holidays and our holiday break. I also try not to mention people by name, but I want to be not to disparage them, but to let you know that these people are real and these people are very successful. And I went on to be successful just like them in spite of them but I don't want to denigrate or, or ruin anyone's reputation in the process. I have no beef with these people currently. I've addressed it, worked through it, worked past it. Some of them have become friends. Some of them just stay there in their lane. I stay in mine. No hard feelings, but we had definitely, I have definitely, anyone, if I would name drop them, I have definitely had a confrontation, but not physical, because um, most people don't want that, but I definitely bring that energy when I see these people. So one of these dudes, I sent, Beats, I mean, I, I, I'm in the office I, and I asked them, ask him for beats. This motherfucker sent back beats and said, these beats are for Cannibal Ox only. 
Didn't say not Merce, but he might as well said that because I'm the reason the beats were asked for. These beats are only for Cannibal Ox. I don't know if the label wrote that or he wrote that or whatever, but it, it was like, okay. The tune changed after I did this record with Knife. Now all these wannabe East Coast producing motherfuckers are down to work with me. Now the, they quote unquote pick up the phone. And that's why I stuck with Ninth Wonder after this. Well, another reason we'll get into later. But my goal was to shit on those dudes and be like, look, I made a solid, to make America's most. Like, that was my goal. Like, I am going to shit on y'all by using this boom bat producer that is great at what he does. Since you guys are imitating the sound that he grew up on and he is East Coast and Southern I can't make, that's up to, for North Carolina folk to tell you whether it's the South or the East Coast. I've heard two different things. I I believe it's a mix. I get to shit on these dudes. All these, to me, East Coast, I call them Sixth Borough motherfuckers. All these Sixth Borough motherfuckers that don't fuck with me, that don't think I'm real hip-hop enough, I'm going to do that. And I'm I'm going to be super West Coast on everything. So that's why we get into the next song. I'm talking about trying to make some green like the Culver City bus line. Trying to make some green like the Culver City bus line. I'm unsigned and hype. Dump mines on sight. This living legend gang, what you punks rhyming like? I'll come by with knife. Sick us with these beats. Shout out K Dub. Shout out um, Nothing But Trouble. Shout out to Double K, the most LA motherfucker I know. God bless him. This is what I was going to do on these boom bat beats that are really from somebody who should sound like that to me. But music is universal. You know, I've grown up now, you know. The, the kids now, you can't tell where anybody's from a lot of the time. And it's, it's you know, but I'm still very regional, very old school gangbanger type shit. Like, sound like, represent where you're from. But I wasn't opposed to using East Coast music to represent where I was from because I love East Coast music. I didn't plan to continue with Ninth. My plan was to go back to my homie 4-5 with this newfound respect that I was going to get from rapping over Ninth Wonder Beats and bring it back to the West Coast. And uh, 4-5 had done some, um, he and we had done some stuff in the interim. There's all these, I did an EP called Yeah, EP called Do More, and 4-5 has a couple songs on there. He was recording in this studio called Kaniki Studio, um, I think it's 20s Hood, somewhere off of, by Johnny's Pastrami on Adams, it used to be, like hood, like you know, like yeah, like he my four or five was really with all the crip shit. But we had like a bond, um, because we were both hip hop. We met in winter session and we bonded and then he popped back up on Cloverdale. I didn't know he lived on Cloverdale and he popped back up on and he, on me and he had beats. So he, we would we would always work when I was in town and he wanted to do music. We did not work on a street level. And he his famous line is, I do my dirt all by my lonely. Because you know, there have been times when we had to get some get back or we had to do something. I'd be let's go. And he was like, nope, I'll be right back. I do my, he spin them. As the kids say, he would slide on the ops or spin the block and then come back like nothing ever happened. He elected to be that individual for our clique. But when it was time to do music, it was me and him. And our goal was to... My goal, too, is I was on tour, the all these tours, I would check in with him, see what's going on in the hood, was to get these young men in our neighborhood in the studio with us and start our own label. And I felt, after earning this respect over Ninth Wonder Beats, I finally be able, my favorite rappers are Ice Cube, DJ Quick, 
especially DJ Quick was on a run around this era with rhythmalism, balance and options, and uh, Sugar Free, Mossberg, rest in peace. There was so much street shit that I was loving, and I just wanted to do a, a version of that, like E-40, me and him, our favorite rapper was E-40, like doing something that represented the sound of where we're from, but a little more highbrow. I don't call it backpack or conscious, a little more, you know, like a, a more of a Nas type of vibe where it's not gangster rap per se, but it kind of is that type of shit. Well, I said, where we were, you know, like there's guns, this shit, it's, it, there's, there's contraband in the room when I'm recording with him and where we hang out on, on Cloverdale. We are of the element. Our, my goal was to get back to that with him after this album. That didn't happen. Um, and we'll get into why. For for now, we'll move on to 316. The song. The, to me, the statement song. Oh, no, we're moving to Batman. Sorry. Because I go after the night. You ready? You can hear a knife. So he's sitting on the other side of the phone. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> ready? Uh-huh. All right. After tonight. Don't leave your girl around me. Heartbreaker for life. Ask my homeboy, knife. <laughs> And uh, after tonight, don't leave. So after I told him after I did the song, I wanted to go back and add this intro. And so he's just like, yeah, come on, nigga. Like He's just go, go, go. He doesn't care about how I rap because he knows he what he does with my vocals. It shifts me into the pocket. And when I heard the album back, I was originally like, this is not how I rap and this is not how I recorded it. But this is how Ninth Wonder produced me. This is what a producer Instead of telling me how to deliver a vocal like a Dr. Dre or somebody would used to have to, he just put me where he wanted. Just do it one time. And that's why it's a lot of one take. Do it one time. I'm going to nudge you in and give you some swing and put you where I want to. I am a writer. If that makes sense. I'm not a du- director at this point. I write well. And this is where hip hop should grow up. There are songwriters who can't sing or who can't sing as well or who don't have the voice. I think music has finally moved past. They don't have the look. Look doesn't matter now. But before you speak, you you don't have the look. You don't have the voice. You don't have the chops. You're a writer. You're a songwriter. If you're Smokey Robinson, great. You can do it all. But you write so many great songs, you got to give some to the Jackson 5 and other people. I am a writer. Still, I'm a better writer than I am a rapper. Ninth understood that. He took... And I don't think I have the best voice, especially in this part, in this era. My voice is getting better, but he takes my stories and puts them in my words and puts them where he needs them to be. Which me listening back the first time, I was like, what the fuck did you do? And he was like, listen to left and right um, by, um, on Voodoo by D'Angelo. My flow, remarkable. He's like, I think he was saying Questlove, whoever produced that, gave it some swing. There's some swing to that. He was saying that he's like, that's swing. I just, I gave you some swing, bro. Me listening back to these mixes and recording with him and listening back to it and performing it over the years, he changed the way that I rap a little. And I think for the better. 
I read fans who say 316 is my best album and fans who say Mercer President. Some people say Have a Nice Life. There are three or four albums that I can say, okay, people really love. These are the good ones. And I, I agree with it. Like, it's not for me to judge. It's for you all to judge. I can tell you my favorite. It doesn't make it true. Fans decide to me. But he changed the way that I I rap. And I I, I, guess I think for the better. But you may. I, I rarely meet a fan that's like, oh, but you, on oh, for real, that's when you were at your best. We can all agree that's raw. Merch for president. Uh, Merch, Merch rules the world. Good music. Even into the beginning. This is where I'm coming into my own and i think thanks to a producer who's taking me seriously and values me as much as i value him so i add this to the end or to the beginning of batman because i also want like once again star wars nerd shit warp tour punk rock shit one of the biggest songs in the black community is you don't have to call blah blah, blah. after tonight don't leave your girl around me, heartbreaker for real. Ask my nigga for real. Uh, dun, 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 dun. You don't have to call. It's okay. Don't leave your girl around me, true player for real. Ask my nigga for real. I had Usher CDs. I was at 85701, whatever it was, I had that album. The R&B, the love, for, also me and Knife bond on a love for R&B. I'll text him random old deep cuts like Liddell Town Cell and NTF New New. He knew that. Like we would sing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exclusivity by Damien Dane. Those are the songs. Um, Why You Getting Funky On Me by Today. And knowing the whole song, like we geek out on New Jack Swing. But our love for R&B never, I don't think, or mine has kind of dwindled, but his never stopped. So putting the Usher thing, I think, at the beginning was still like a reference to current Black culture, even though I am not Black enough for a lot of... And this is this album is going to bring Black fans to me. And it's another reason why I gave this... I had a one-off deal with Def Jux. I gave this album to L because I felt with Aesop, Rock was starting to blow up. And I'm with L. We're dancing to like music like this Usher song, You Don't Have to Call in the Club, as we mentioned previously. He, L is still in Envy and like some of these New York nightclubs where they're just playing bangers and girls are, got, are dancing with guys that are nothing like the shows that our fan base attend. On our nights off, me, him, Camus, Metro, we are in New York doing regular shit. I'm going to the tunnel with Kamani. I'm, I am doing these things that are very not backpack. And me knowing that about L when I knew Knife was going to do the record, I believe this was, yeah, this was the one. My barber, as we mentioned Legends, and I feel like I went too hard on it, but it's relevant now. My barber at Legends also cut an A&R's hair, I believe it was Naeem Ali from Warner Brothers. And he called me wanting to put out my next record, like, let's have a meeting. I just said no. I just sold 50,000 records. 
on my with my homeboy at ten thousand at ten dollars a pop, and I'm entitled to fifty percent of that. Plus the 12 inches, plus the show, man, you better fuck get, I don't have no kids, no white man. Fuck out of here. Oh, fuck I want to fuck with Warner Brothers for. I was like, thanks, man. So I knew I, I was hot and I could have jumped ship then, but I gave L this record because I wanted to broaden the spectrum of what Def Jux is. Because I knew L appreciated Knife Wonder, Little Brother, and just more black sounding music. I wanted to give something to Def Jux that was still... And Camus was there. C-Rays was there. There are other black men on there that were doing music that, you know, wasn't traditional backpack rap. So I wanted to help widen. I wanted to make Def Jux a great label that could have Warren G and Public Enemy, like Def Jam, widen the lane, LL and Public Enemy, like just having some diversity to the label that I loved. So that was a choice to give him that record. So that's why another reason I'm adding these references to current popular black culture at the time. And it was funny. Batman was given to me when I had a hotel. I went to get Mexican food, which you never do. Never do. I would say in a state that doesn't border Mexico. My tour manager, Jose Joaquin, and I, on my on a tour before last, or no, have a nice life tour. We decided to break our rule and just give these tacos a try. But if you're not eating tacos in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, or California, I don't know what you're doing, man. Colorado, maybe. But we tried tacos everywhere on that tour. And Idaho had the best tacos. A young woman in Boise set up a cart across the street and I was ate a little chicken for this, this experiment. Man banging so now there are as 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 uh, honestly, I don't want to call it immigration land reclamation continues and the indigenous peoples whether you want to call them Mexicans Mayans Aztecs Incans indigenous however you identify I don't want to offend anyone as land reclamation continues and America becomes brown again there are good tacos everywhere but usually I come, I don't want tacos from a Dominican cook. I don't want tacos from a black cook unless I'm going to Mo Better Burger. Please go to Mo Better Burger on El Segundo and Crenshaw. To me, the best, I call them black people tacos. Best we fry the shell with the cheese inside so it's melted. Ground beef with Lowry. See, I'm not going to give all the stuff, but oh, there's a difference. But I don't, I just say black people tacos. Um, had some yesterday with Beyond Meat. Whew, fire. Please go to Mo Better, um, Mo Better Burgers or El Segundo and Crenshaw. If you're in LA, if you always ask me in DMEs like where to go, that's one of the spots. Get a turkey, ground turkey taco, ground beef taco, whatever you want. Amen. Anyway, went to go get Mexican food in North Carolina with Fonte. Fuck my stomach up getting a ve veggie burrito from wherever the fuck we went. And it tastes like shit. Y'all can tell me if it's true. I don't know a lot of Chinese people or Indian people, but sometimes when you try Chinese food or off Indian food, I feel like, or even some of some, I've had some off Ethiopian food. I feel like people get visas and they need to go into business for themselves. So since nobody here can really say what good XYZ type of immigration food, Iranian food is, you open up a Persian food or Iranian food restaurant and you serve food that's okay, but it's not great. 
because you can get away with it because there's no competition and no one's here is familiar with the culture. If not enough of us are, I feel like that's what happens in some places with what's happening with Mexican food. I'll be like, huh? Or like, you're not even, you're Ecuadorian, bro. Like, why? Are you, no. Fuck your recipes, bro. It was awful. Or you're not even, the whole thing is, it's not even usually a brown person working there. It's someone who went to LA and was like, oh, we need burritos in North Carolina. Yeah. Let's go. Let's, I'm going to open up a Mexican restaurant. Oh, I'm going to get some green bell peppers and some red bell peppers and some, some whatever fucking taco meat spice and dip it in the water. And then let the vegetables sit in that. Like, oh, it was like, this was, this place was the idea of Chipotle, like where there's just vats of Mexican food sitting there, but with none of the, the authentic inspiration or study or whatever they put into Chipotle. Cause I like that shit. This shit was hot trash in 2003 i don't believe the mexican community mexican community had a big enough foothold in north carolina and there's another story about a restaurant named i'm not going to defame them but let's just say it's called cinco centurions and me and ninth wonder still talk about this place to this day it was awful awful historically bad food for me in Mexican food in North Carolina. Fonte sits with me that night. We discuss a few things about the animal. I go up to the hotel. What I do, this is the beginning of the tradition, but what I do at night is I go home, I write two songs, I come back to the studio. This night, I believe I wrote three songs. I don't know what the other song I wrote was, but I wrote Batman. Got all your girlfriends thinking that I'm the... Never neglected you or disrespected you A lot of half sex yet you say I'm the Gave you dick, never fronted Pulled your hair when you wanted Used to flip you on your stomach Said you wanted her Now it's all drama Unidentified caller On the phone with my mama Talking about him How could something so bad be so damn good? All I wanted was to fuck from the start I never lied Now it hurts my heart to have to see you cry Let you know from the jump I was that type of guy Now you all on my voicemail I wrote Batman twice. Batman was going to be a uh, play on people thinking they're a Batman, Batman, tough guy, gangster rap. So I have a whole written version. If I could find it, I would relay it for you guys of, hey, you think you're tough, but you're really not. You're not a Batman. I was going to do that. Um, and then the other one was the song you hear about women. I wrote both that night. Stayed up well into the morning and Ninth has kids. So he's up at, you know, he's picking me up at nine o'clock. Ninth does not do hip hop sessions. Um, I believe that this was a, another division in the crew because, or in the group, because little brother was doing nighttime sessions. They're on tour. They're not married with children like he is, I don't believe. So they want to hang out late night. So I believe that's what was happening. Usually how it happens with me and him. With Iliad is Dead, it was like Ruben Vincent and Rhapsody. The studio works 24 hours now on Bright Lady. It's Heather Victoria, um, Ruben Vincent, and Rap. So I would record Elite is Dead and Odyssey is Over. Heather would do my record my vocals for me or Rhapsody. And then Rhapsody would record. No, Ruben would record all night, record himself. He was 17. And then Rhapsody would record in the morning. And then she would come pick me up at the hotel and I would take the studio during the day. And then Heather would take it after her and then Ruben. And it would just be go, it would go, it just, it's a cycle. And I think the cycle in the dentist's office was we would leave 
about bedtime for the babies and then, or the baby at the time, to be home for dinner and, and bath time, all that stuff with the family. If I was staying with him, I'd go home with him. And I think later on, he would drop me off at the hotel or and then Scudder would come pick me up or something. But Tay and Pooh and Doe and, and Shondon, that was the night crew because they're coming off tour. So they're night owls. They're coming in and they're working on the minstrel show, I believe, around this time. Yeah, because I heard, I think I heard When It's Good, still one of my favorite songs. Oh, my God. And now, with the Minstrel Show update, with your correspondent, Jennifer Duvall. I say, like, don't. This is Sean Dunn, you know me. Jennifer Duvall. I'm over here chilling with a little brother right now. And it's feel good. You see us. I'm listening to the Minstrel Show. <laughs> you ain't heard it? It's the biggest color show on earth. I'm overweight, rappers fat to death Obese when these beats catch wind of my breath And yes, you ain't heard, you still rocking with the best I just say y'all from taking the guess Not jeans, my dear You ain't worthy to breathe my L Stand tall in the pair I wear Am I making it clear? One of the greatest producers of all time, man And that, and Tay and Pooh float on that one It's great, great, great little brother song I have heard most of the minstrel show I have heard the entire minstrel show I haven't heard the listening, but I've heard the minstrel show, okay? I get to the studio and haven't slept. I say ninth, wanting this black man to hear both jams, right? You got to hear both jams, my brother. You want me to do this song about the rappers trying to be tough or you want me to do the girl song? And this is when I, this is my first album where I'm doing girl song. I'm seeing how uh, Please Leave went. I've toured with Atmosphere. I'm understanding now if you rap kindly about women without cursing them out, you'll get women, female fans that will support you, love you. Eventually, I can marry. Because of song I make on this album about women, I marry the woman of my dreams. I marry the mother of my children because I'm watching Atmosphere and a lot of our contemporaries are hating on him. All he does is make that emo shit. And I'm like, bruh, this emo shit is bringing out girls who buy merch, who are nice to look at while you rap, who are nice to hang out with after the show and so forth. If not, they're just nice to nice to look at, nicer to look at than guys. We're beautiful. More women are the better humans. Period. Why wouldn't you make music for the better humans? Tupac, I started studying and being like, yeah, I think it's like time for more, like keep your head up. As I was saying, like, I'm in the arm, I grew up on RB. I love Father MC. I love rapping R&B together. I love when rappers rap nice about girls. I can do the whole All the Father MC singles by heart. With a groove, roll about eight deep. Now, what's my next move? Wait until night fall so I can enjoy. System pump by four Jeeps, running like a convoy. Roll to the floor, kind of crowded. What a scene. Pulling up with Jodeci, blessing up the 15. Don't pump my ride, girl. See my gear and notice my grill. Here comes a pointing and staring. I love NWA, but that's not how I feel about women. I was raised by a single mother for all intents and purposes, and the most respected human in my life is a woman and are women. Why would I make, you know, music solely degrading women? It's two sides to every coin. I'm not going to make music only uplifting, but I make music that's critical of black people in harsh ways using the N-word. I have made music critical of women in harsh ways using the B-word. But that's not the full spectrum of the 
interaction of men and women and hip-hop was so one-dimensional, especially Black music had become so one-dimensional and um, down on Black women in particular, but I don't believe, I, I definitely know that whoever Black men treat, who treat Black women bad, for the most part, treat all women bad. Um, and when they're making these songs, especially now, they're just about B words in general. They're not, and HOEs in general, they're not specific to Black women. But I think at one time, it was da- extremely damaging to the psyche of all young black people who grew up on this music. When we get together, the music we listen to, the music we met in the club listening to is telling me that if I'm in a committed relationship with you, then I'm a sucker and that you're a bitch and I shouldn't be faithful to you. And if even if we don't buy into that, we're still unpacking that or fighting against that narrative. So you don't value me if I value you. And I don't value you because I don't value myself. And it's just, a, it's a, ugh, man, it's disgusting. And this is album is, you know, part of me trying to, to break out of that. So Batman was like trying to present a way of like, I'm a hoe, but I'm not a bad guy. I'm honest. I thought that that was better. I'm not saying that it's uh that, but what the bitch do fall was not like you stupid bitch suck my dick. It was just like, what the bitch do? Like, like I'm using the N-word and the B-word to me on the same level. Maybe it's not okay because I'm not a female. Shouldn't you? You know, I'm, I'm still learning my way here. But I'm not like, man, the music I grew up on was bitch this, the bitch suck my dick. Uh, what did Cruff say? Fuck a bitch. Don't strip tease, bitch. Eat a bowl of these, bitch, and gobble a dick. Hoes have got to eat a dick and shut the fuck up. Gobble and swallow a nut up. Shut up and get my cash. <laughs> that... It's not on that level. So I feel like I'm doing great by comparison, but the bar's kind of low. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Eat a dick, bitch. Eat a bowl of shit, bitch. Munch on a mouth full of balls in the halls and malls. Just shut the fuck up, bitch, and work your jaws. Take a pill, bitch. Chill, bitch. Jerk your jaws. Beat the pussy in, then jerk the And there's no disrespect to corrupt. I thought I think that's a, unfortunately, I think that's a fire verse. I, I gotta get help. But I know lots of women who feel the same way who can say it verse. You know, I remember. I know lots of women who can recite the same verse verbatim. I remember being in the tunnel and the girl saying to me, like singing uh, the song from In My Lifetime Volume 1, which I think is a classic album, sorry, by Jay-Z, uh, the song with uh, Sauce Money. Fuck them all, Jay, fuck them all night. We don't love these hoes. Goes out to my Brooklyn crew, put your guns up in the air if you feel me. Fuck them all day, fuck them all night. We don't love these hoes. Goes out to my Brooklyn crew, put your guns up in the air if you feel me. Fuck them all day, fuck them all night. We don't love these hoes. Get your guns up, get your guns up, it's on. Ladies know that when the sun's up, I'm gone. Fuck them bitches though, bitches though. Fuck, I have I bring it, niggas know. A woman saying that, fuck them all, fuck them, fuck them all, and we don't love these hoes. I'm like, yes. Many a times, I have been at a repass for a young lady that we lost, and young, a bunch of young black people at a repass wake or whatever. We're hanging out, sad, crying. So I put some music, and all, all of these women are college graduates, you know, black, intelligent women. But and when Ain't No Fun comes on, we all dance and we sing along. To these lyrics that are demeaning and degrading. Can I get y'all to sing this shit? Come on, y'all. Everybody, come on. 
gave a fuck about a bitch. I'd always be. I get smoked and loony. Bitch, you can't do me. Do we look like BBD? You're who she groping. I have no love. But I believe we are part of the generation, I'm not generation, we are the generation that had to learn to separate the entertainment from the reality. And it's hard and it's a very unhealthy uh, cycle to break. I don't even know if we had it long enough to get inside. We were the first generation that grew up on gangster rap and then came into relationships. I had heard, before I had my first kiss, I had heard DJ Quick talk about eating a bitch's pussy and and pimping on a bitch. And I had heard all this shit before I had even kissed a really like French kissed. Check it out. Now I'll be knocking bitches like it ain't shit. Cause I'm a player motherfucker named DJ Quick. Yo, maybe it's the way I hold my dick that makes all the girlies wanna ride my tip. But some of these bitches try to act unfair. Maybe it's because my hair's longer than theirs. But I don't give a fuck, no, I don't care. Because I'm like Noah's Ark, my bitches come in pairs. You see, I'm 5'11, my dick's a size 7. And if a hook is fine, I can stretch to a 9 and go deep. All up in that shit. I'll fuck a pussy dry cause I don't know how to quit. It's heavy. I'm still unpacking that. So if you're a person that loves hip hop in your late 30s and early 40s, like I hope that you've realized it too. Like whether you incorporated that or, you know, really, I took some of that as gospel. Whether you were raised right enough not to take it as gospel and it just brushed over you, still you have you're dealing with that. We are dealing with that when we're trying to build healthy relationships. The impact of that on your psyche. Bad Man was a, an attempt to me to make a song about having multiple partners. Or, you know, we weren't using words like polyamorous or anything like that. But like, look, I told you I wanted to see other women. I told you you were unexclusive. And like, you know, there was a young lady I was dating. And as she knew we weren't exclusive, I dealt with multiple women. And over the, over the years, with they had multiple partners and we had an agreement, but certain things would happen and that wasn't okay. Like, it's just really... I was like, I'm trying to teach my son, like sons, it's not okay to just have premarital sex. Skip it all. One time, a woman who I was open with, who was openly seeing other people, came to my house as one of my other friends I was having sex with was leaving, and she slapped me in my face. She slapped the shit out of me, bro. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? We added it. We... You know, never neglected you or disrespected you or lied to have sex, yet you say I'm the... It says Batman, too, I think. But that's what the name of the song is. I remember, uh, I think it was, uh, I want to say Madison, Wisconsin. There's a dude who knew every word. but we, No, it was New Orleans. Knew every word. But he fucked me up. Him and his boy fucked me up because they kept going, mop, mop. And I was like, what is it? I had to, I had to tell my DJ to stop the song. I said... What are you saying? Bop, 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 bop. Every time they, the beat would say Batman, and not even during the hook, because the vocal sample goes through the whole song. So all during the it fucked me up. I had to stop and be like, what the fuck are you guys saying? They're like, bop, bop. This is our favorite song, bro. Bop, bop. And I'm like, no, it's Batman. But yes, moments like that in my life, and it's not the only time, another woman... Slap, slap the shit out of me again for another song on this album. So I, this was part of me learning. No, I did not strike the woman back. I just ate it. I've been being slapped by a woman my whole life. I told you. I'm raised by a single mother. It's how I learn sometimes. I hope my wife now doesn't start to slap me.
because uh, I'm still learning, fellas, ladies. Yeah, she slapped the shit out of me. Never neglected you, disrespected you. Lie to have sex that you say I'm a... My mother, early on, had to tell me, you can't bring every... My wife and I are talking about this. She was similar with guys. I am a familiar person. I am going to... You're going to meet my mother and it's not going to be on purpose. I'm not bringing you home to meet my mother. It's just, I don't go days without, even when I don't didn't live in my mother's house, I don't go days without seeing my mother if I'm in town. Now I do because I have a lot of kids. But when I didn't have any family of my own, I went to be with my family. My, I went to see my little brother. I went to see my grandparents. I went to see my auntie and uncle. Like, we all live in Midtown. I'm living in Midtown. I'm going to pull up, eat something, drink something, kiss my mama and, and keep going. Or we're going to have a meal over there. Like, I'm a communal, familial person. And my mom had to pull me to the side. Like, you may not think you're introducing them to me, but they think they are special because they're meeting me. They don't know that I've met three other girls this month or whatever. And it was also, I'm the oldest boy, and I chose hip-hop over women. So, Girls coming home. My mom didn't. My mom didn't grow up having a bunch of girls call saying, "May I speak to Nicholas?" May I speak? To... It was a bunch of dudes rapping in our house at all times. Keep the weed out of my house. Take that shit in the backyard. Don't come in here smelling like dope and cigarettes. That like that was my mom's problem. Turn down the music. Why weren't you in school? Were you really in the studio to three a.m.? I wasn't sneaking out to have sex. I was sneaking out to make music and go to shows and promote shows and do street team and all the other wild shit young rappers do. I was n young, <laughs> young real rappers do. I was not into women. So it was new for her to have to set these rules with me. Like I'm living with a woman in Orange County. And when we come home for Christmas and we want to stay the night Christmas Eve, my mom's like, you better not close that door. I'm like, we would do, we are fucking at home. I would have just went home and fucked. Like, what do you mean? Because I didn't grow up fucking in my mom's house. That was not allowed. And it wasn't even a possibility for me, really. I didn't lose my virginity. So after I graduated high school, I was not up on this. Don't bring the, don't bring a home to be. So now it's an unidentified, unidentified caller on the phone with my mama talking about him. Because well, certain women did have relationships with my mother because my mother's awesome. And I only dated, other thing too is like I dated awesome women because I had a, one of these young ladies tell me early on, like, do you think that I fuck you because you have a big dick or because you are handsome? No, like you're, if you're not going to hang out and be nice to me and make me laugh, then that's part of the reason why you're getting pussy in the first place, bro. Kind of just broke me like broke me down like i can get your size and shape anywhere it's you and you're not the best looking guy but having someone tell me that took a lot of ego out of and a lot of uh, some of the conquest out of sleeping having multiple partners but because of that like not being the most attractive well-dressed or smoothest guy women I was meeting and dating I feel like quality women that I could have been a better partner to but I wouldn't say it's pity sex, but women who are not surface level. So when I'm introducing them to my mother, they're great people. My mom's a great person and they're clicking and they're making, you know, and yes, it's easy to say 
I'm not seeing only you. But fellas, if you are seeing a woman that doesn't want to see only you, she has someone else that she only wants to see exclusively, and you're a placeholder until that guy decides to cease only them, is my experience. So until I was ready to commit, they'd say, yeah, I'm seeing other people, and maybe they would, or maybe they wouldn't be. I've also dated women who've been in a whole ass other relationships, and I've been the other man, but I'm the man they want. The other man that they're committed to is just a placeholder. And when I'm ready to commit with, to them, they're ready to leave their boyfriend. But they're not going to leave their boyfriend because they're comfortable because they know that I am the bad man. I am seeing multiple people. I will now listen to the song because I'm just going off memory. Okay, I just listened to the song. Uh, yeah, gave you dick when you wanted, put your hair where you wanted, gave you dick when you wanted, put your hair, pushed to flip you on your stomach. These are all new things I'm experiencing. Lying on your stomach, having sex is not something often rapped about in in rap songs. These are consent raps, early consent raps. Like I said, I was trying to figure it out. When you want it, pulled your hair when you want it. You know, there's those type of things were said in raps really back then. Pulled your hair when you want it. You like, like, look. I just, you want it, gave you dick when you want it, pulled your hair, yeah. Gave you dick, never fronted. Like, whenever you want to have sex, I was down to have sex with you. If you didn't want to have sex, I had someone else to have sex with. I never pressed you. You know, that was my thing. Like, look, and we're friends. So, like, I never kissed you in public and I never held your hand. Like, I kept it G. Like, I didn't make your friends think it was something that wasn't. You knew what it was. We're friends that fuck. Fuck buddies, all these things. Um... So much psychology and unpacking could be put into that. I was definitely the in the friend zone and, you know, not used to having, you know, I was behind. So I was trying to catch up and I wasn't trying to be locked down. I was traveling. I think it's unrealistic to have a partner when you're touring as much as I was touring. You get into a relationship where you're used to having, being intimate on a regular basis, and then you're thrust into an environment and to a situation where you're on the road, you're away from your partner, but you're used to having intercourse every night, but it's not like you're a truck driver or a touring plumber or in the military, you're housed with a bunch of men. Every night you're in rooms full of women who admire you, who are looking to hook up with someone who are drinking. It's very tricky because now you're used, if you have a healthy sexual relationship with your partner back home, you're used to this. Now all of a sudden you can't get it. Now you all of a sudden you can't get it and it's being offered to you. That's really challenging for alcoholics, drug addicts, and sex addicts that, you know, don't admit they're sex addicts, like, or just people who are in healthy sexual relationships. It's That's the challenging part is fasting for 30 days or something that you did nothing to not deserve. And it's not the same for your partner back home. They're having the same regular life. They're coming home to the house where they usually have sex with you and blah, blah, blah. And that's challenging, yes. But the person, the musician, the artist is in a very, in a much more challenging position. I never understood, and I'm not saying that it's not valid, but I never understood someone. You work for Direct TV, bro. I have some friends that are very handsome that do um, labor like that. They may be the guys that have the porn situation where they go to the house to fix the cable and the woman's like, you want to lay some other cable? But me, dudes who look like me, like, you go in to fix somebody's AC, nobody's proposition. You're lucky if you get offered a glass of water and you use the bathroom. Um, 
What makes it so hard to keep your dick in your pants? I'm not saying it's not valid. I just don't understand it. For me, yeah, if there's 10 women in the front row and I've been in a committed relationship at home and I'm getting sex regularly, yikes. And I'm, yeah, I'm not going to commit to you. I'm just not even, I couldn't deal with being a cheater. So I'm like, I just won't commit to anyone else because I don't live a lifestyle where it's possible to be in, and being in a committed relationship. It's called being with someone. They are not with me. Oh, I'm with her and we're together. That Those are all terms you use to refer to a union you have with a committed relationship with together. You are literally not with this person for half the year, 150 days a year, I'm on the road. So we're not together, even though we're quote unquote together. This is where I developed this philosophy. So let's not even confuse it. Like, I don't need to meet your family. You shouldn't have met my family. Let's just be friends. Like, let's not kiss in the movie theater. I didn't kiss in the movie theater. I didn't hold hands. Nothing. Let's keep it clean and drama-free. Who else can make you up? You know, like, let's play around at the house and then let's let, let, let's go out and eat. Let's go out and see a movie. And then we can save all the intimate stuff, foreplay, all that. Or let's, this is the beginning of Ben watching, let, let's watch a season of something on DVD and stay at the house. I didn't see the problem with it. There are all kinds of problems with it. Now I could poke holes all up and through this song. That's not what we're here for. Uh, Screaming in public in the middle of the mall is definitely a story I stole from a friend, and I'm sorry for that friend I stole it from. I can't give you the credit. I don't know if you want credit, but I give you the credit. Some of that really happened to. I don't know who. It could have been Okie Dog. Could have been somebody. One of my wild homies that had girls do wild shit. Uh, you know, like my homies that are like traditionally attractive men, like that had girls acting up. But I thought it was funny. And why I use the term bitch there is because she's, you know, trying to get someone arrested. That's, you know, bitch ass shit. Never hit a woman. I was raised by my mom. I kind of feel bad even though I didn't do shit. Man's got to be a man. You should be here. Raphael Sadiq. And, no, yeah. I'm just a man. Sorry. Raphael Sadiq and D'Angelo, you should be here. It's a dope song. But there's a song on Devin's album. See, I'm just a man trying to do all I can. Don't know. Raphael Sadiq. You see, I'm just a man. I try to do all that I can. Don't know. You don't understand the situations I be in They may have been other undercover secret lovers But you're my main thing You're my main thing I've been trying to that was like a big cop-out excuse, but that was an anthem. I think we were playing the F out of that on the, um, I say F because I'm referring to Brother Ali on the, believe it was on the My Way Highway Tour. Me and, um, our whole scene was really into Devin. I got into Devin on the first Devin album, one of the greatest of all time. The first single, Boo Booing. If you don't have that Devin to do the album with Boo Booing on it, woo! Walk up in the session with my dick in my hand. Fat sweet in my mouth, a 24-ounce can. I got no time for all that yesterday. He say, she say, pull out the beat tape. Devin was on a run. Devin has a good three or four album, classic album run to me, all the way up to 420 Extreme or something like that. Man. Um, and that's early. Uh, who's the guy? The Mike guy, Mike Dean. People don't know about Mike. You are, if you guys are into Mike Dean because of Travis Scott and blah, 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 check his rap a lot profile, bro. Mike Dean, this is when I was into Mike Dean back then, was just, he was producing the fuck out of Devin Records. 
But yeah, just justifying my behavior. <sighs> uh, just to get it to try. Now I gotta waste time finding someone who understands. Man, it's gotta be a man. I want to like to get it in your pants. And nothing wrong with a one night stand. It happens twice a week. Plus, I'm nice in the sheets and you look like a freak. It'll be to your benefit. Nigga, you could fuck with nigga. You could get a sick of this phone tap. One to understand a man's gotta be a man. I don't wanna have to lie just to get into your pants. And ain't nothing wrong with a one night stand. That happens twice a week. Plus, I'm nice in the sheets and you look like a freak. It'll be to your benefit. A nigga you could fuck and a nigga you could kick it with. I'm sick of this phone tag. Text message foreplay. I like to be spontaneous. That's my. Text message, one of the first text message references, I believe, in a rap as well as for the women. We could all look all this stuff up. Kamani likes to do that and, and tell me when I'm wrong, so he'll tell me when I'm wrong. Um, text message foreplay. It's kind of early for, I'm rapping about this in 03, but for 04, text message foreplay. I like to be spontaneous. Let's go to my room and have sex in the doorway. Definitely a reference to the God Loves Ugly tour. I did some wild shit in my tour. I had to reel myself back in. Whoo, that was the beginning of me like, all right, maybe I shouldn't be drinking. Maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. Maybe these stories will be told in the book. But yeah, sex in the doorway. All these things were happening. I was experiencing sexuality, my sexuality instead of making it derogatory as or as derogatory as, and demeaning as most rappers. Just you know, sex in the doorway, sex on the stomach. Like, wow, you could do that. I didn't know that. It's not typically, it wasn't able to put that filter on fucking Pornhub and find a bunch of stomach on stomach sex scenes. Like, all those things are new to me. I was had seen pornography, but, you know, you just saw what you saw. Whoever had the DVD or whatever DVD you could afford or, Whatever it wasn't, like you could just see all these positions and become an expert. And so I was learning things and it was fun and I wanted to share it, guys. <laughs> Don't know if it was right or wrong, but I'm sharing it. Uh, the last verse is definitely a tour verse. Funny thing about this verse is I've never been to Kamloops. I think I have. I think I've, in 2018, I finally got to Kamloops, but for years I lied in a rap um, about going to Kamloops because it rhymed. And Living Legends were going to do shows in Kamloops. It's just, I was focused, very hyper-focused on building a fan base in America. I learned that if, I felt like once you built a fan base in America, you could tour everywhere. But if you spent time touring everywhere, it would be harder to build a fan base in America. So I was refused. And it was, heck, really challenging to get into Canada, bro. That could be a whole podcast talking about getting to Canada. So I was like on some, nah, unless Canada's paying big, I'm not going. Unless Europe's paying big, I'm not going. I stopped going to Japan. Only place I was going regularly was australia but yeah ask me man he'll tell you i'm a good guy i wouldn't lie to you just because you look fly once you get reference to i'm not if i don't like you as a human it's very rare that i'm gonna have scx with you well n not at all these days but back then it was i was into cool girls unique good humans even if it was a one-night stand i did not want to have sex with someone solely based on their appearance 
you you had to be dope. But the beauty of making honest music is that you meet dope humans. Some of my best friends have been fans, aside from sex. Some of my best friends started out as fans and we just became friends because I make I think I make the quality of music that attracts good people. And it goes for the women. So I rarely would meet a girl at one of my shows or at an indie hip hop show and not want to sleep with her. But I have. I'm like, I'm not, never mind. Like there's nothing going on up there between us. So we can't have anything going on down here between us. Lie down and make spoons. I don't know how many rappers were talking about making spoons, um, which I took from uh, Pulp Fiction, which I watched religiously, and iTunes. I believe this is the first listen to iTunes reference. You could, once again, fact check me, Kamani. But I believe this is the first iTunes reference. Spoons, I don't know. iTunes, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, 04. No one was talking about you know, but that was also a selling point for me with 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 women. Turn down the power, lie down and make spoons, and we can talk all night and listen to iTunes. You assume it's the game that I spit to every girl, but I'm careful with my heart and who I let up in my world. So here's my number. Call me anytime, girl. Just because I'm a musician, she must think I'm a I had technology, cool technology. Ooh, an iPod. Not many women, ladies had seen an iPod with all this music that we could put in. You'd use one ear, I use another ear. Or my backpack. That was another selling point. When I had the Osiris G bag, taking my iPod and plugging it into my backpack, and we could have loud music and more drinks in my hotel room. Romance, man. Um, shout out to Viva Viva Pinata. I was romancing um, back in the back in these days. <laughs> Um, if you don't know Viva Pinata, I had to explain it to my wife the other night. It's a game that was on Xbox where the pinatas made it. And instead of saying mate, you know, like this pinata wants to romance with your pinata, and then you would create a little pinata. Hey. <laughs> your pinatas have made an egg. After pinatas have done the romance dance, a new baby pinata is brought to the garden, safely packed in a patterned egg. One of the best games ever made, video games. Yeah, I was romancing and talking about holding girls' hair out the sink when they were throwing up. Like, it wasn't just, bitch, come to my room, fuck, get the fuck out. 4 a.m., I'm kicking her out. I want to spend the night with you, possibly tell me the best breakfast place in town the next day, and let's go together. Call your friends there at the show last night. Let's all have breakfast together. I want to make friends and make love. And what do you listen to? What do you guys eat here? Where do you guys hang out? Where do we drink out afterwards? What kind of drinks do you drink? Like, all these things, man, I'm trying to live and experience life. I'm not trying to get laid, kick you out, and stay in my hotel room. Let's get up. Let's go to breakfast. Let's go wherever, where, whatever. Let's meet your kid. I've had women take me home and like hang out with their kids. Let's meet your dogs, your puppies. You got to go let your dog out. Cool. Let's go let your dog out. That's the kind of dude I was like, oh, you're throwing up. Cool. Maybe we don't have sex tonight. I just like get you. Let me go get you some Alka-Seltzer. I've had those kind of nights where someone had a little too much to drink and we didn't end up making it. Um, I just like connecting with humans. I'm sure I didn't always do it in the best and safest way. I didn't realize, like, some of my homies were robbed by girls they brought home. Uh, you're sleeping next to someone you don't know. Some of these people have boyfriends in town that are upset. Some of these women 
I've had women tell me like, yo, I've got herpes, but I don't have an outbreak right now. I've met very honest women. I don't want to do this. Okay. I'll sleep in this bed. You sleep in that bed. Like there's all kinds of things that have happened, but I don't encourage that behavior. I wouldn't tell my sons to do it. I've definitely had to um, come to terms with, I haven't made some of the best decisions on these nights and I can laugh and joke about it because I don't believe I've done irreparable harm to anyone. And that's by the grace of God. Um, and who knows, you know, who knows when the cancel machine's coming for me. I've definitely put myself in positions where I definitely could have made some poor choices. And I have made poor choices that didn't result to me. Like I said, and anything that's irreparable, anything that can't be undone by an apology and a change in behavior, I've definitely become a better um, one woman man um, and hopefully a good role model for my sons. The cover of this album, we didn't talk about that. These covers just come to me, just like the music. This, I finished this album, I listened to it, and I always love Vegas, um, sort of because I'm a night owl. I don't gamble. Um, at this time, I definitely did at frequent strip clubs. So I did strip clubs, food, and uh, everything being open on my schedule, and money being able to work. I can dress how I dress, look how I look. I go, I say I want to go in this club, and I have an extra $100 I get in. To me, that's how America should work. That's how capitalism should work if it's going to work anyway. Um, I shouldn't be, I should be able to walk into the, you know, I walked, to, I think I got that suit from Banana Republic, that hat from this very expensive hat store, the coach shoes from the coach store. This is the early 2000s. Like, not a lot of rappers that aren't on TV walking in this place. So I'm just a black kid walking in these places. But because it's Vegas, I'm getting waited on just like white people. And so I'm like, cool. I could be an African prince for all they fucking know. Or, or D-Boy, a lot of D-Boys going back and forth. So I'm able to get great service and at almost any time of night, I can shop on my time. I, like, wow, I can go to the mall at 9 p.m. and it's packed. I don't feel like a fucking weirdo because I stay up to four in the morning. I can smoke cigarettes and wherever and keep a drink. I was an alcoholic that smoked cigarettes and like, like there was not a better place for me to be than Vegas. And it's warm at night for the most part. So, uh, yeah, I went to Vegas, bought that suit. I think suits from Banana Republic, tie from somewhere else, hat from some hat in Caesar's Palace uh, hat store. And I was really, really into Frank Sinatra from the movie Liberty Heights. I got in, really got into Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack movie. I really got into the Rat Pack and Frank Sinatra. This is your house. Yes, sir. Shouldn't you be getting out? Sinatra, sir. And so? You don't walk out on Frank, sir. I mean, it would be too disrespectful. Uh -huh. And if you should survive to a hundred and five, look at all I gotta go. you'll derive out of being alive. And here is the best part. You have a head start. If you are among the very young Okay, it's over now. Um, Frank Sinatra being what I would consider an ally um, early on for uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and a lot of other black artists in, in Hollywood. Stories I hear, I hear bad stories too now, but... Um, 
he was definitely doing things a lot of his contemporaries weren't doing, putting his neck out where he didn't need to. So I had a lot of respect for Frank and Sammy and Dean, and I just love the story, the camaraderie. It's kind of like what I wish I had with some of my friends, and so I did have with some others of them. But yeah, so the Rat Pack being in Vegas, I just love that. You know, like, not the mobster. I hate Casino. I never liked uh, whatever the Bugsy movie with Warren Beatty or whatever. I didn't like those movies. Um, but the Rat Pack film on HBO and the documentaries I was watching on Frank Sinatra, and yes, this was the first album I had produced all by one person because of John Liu at Amoeba told me it was important. He was like, Ready to Die and Illmatic are flukes. DJ Quick, albums that you love, Ice Cube, albums that you love is one group of producers, The Bomb Squad, The Boogeyman, DJ Pooh. These are the people that are producing. You know, Hyro produced their own albums. Having a one consistent sound really helps. Back in the days, Quincy Jones produced Thriller. Like, he was explaining to me music production and music science. So I wanted, that's why how I went from Ninth Wonder doing the EP also to him doing a whole project because of John Liu. And also he gave me, I was started listening, I grabbed a James Brown box set, I think a Frank Sinatra box set. And he schooled me on Curtis Mayfield and um, the impression. So I bought every Curtis Mayfield record and box set in Amoeba, every James Brown and every Frank Sinatra. And I just listened to the masters. I did not listen to any rap. May I speak to thee So much I have longed To speak to you alone True I agree I'm not of your society I'm not a king, just a minstrel But with my songs to you and I just listened to the impressions and Curtis Mayfield, I believe, for this record. And then every album, I would pick um, few, two or three artists and just listen to them in the months and tour leading up to the album and during the recording of the album. There's no cleansing my palate of, of rap so I didn't sound like anybody, so I could come up with, try to come up with unique ideas or just older ideas that I could repackage. And so it's definitely on my Frank Sinatra vibe. And, also, not talking when Frank Sinatra played, like in Liberty Heights, not getting up and moving when Frank Sinatra plays. When Frank is on, you are quiet, you still you show the man respect, and then you get up and leave. I thought that was cute, and I try to enforce that with everyone I was with. So walking through Vegas, and of course, they're popping Frank Sinatra in everywhere you go. There was the Sinatra slot machines at the time. I was Sinatra'd out. That's where I was like, yo, I want to shoot this type of cover. Dan Monick shot it. Yeah, it was a good time in Vegas. First time, I think I was like recognized by a beautiful woman in the mall all all that stuff it was like it was a great uh preparing for this photo shoot which is an iconic photo shoot which i've recreated in multiple instagram videos i think it's at water bridge in silver lake which was the first apartment building my mom and i we live not far from that place when she first left my father so it was like three or four so i have fond memories of the silver lake area and uh living there for three or four years before we moved to Linwood. Also becoming very familiar with all sides of LA. And now that place is all hipster the fuck out. It used to be. It's still kind of grimy, but Echo Park, uh, Silver Lake even was not what it is today in 1983. I'll, t I'll, I'll tell you that by golly. Um, Pioneer Chicken, shout out to them. And I think that's the end of this episode. We got the cover down. We got through Bad Man and the intro. We'll start with 316 next week. 
Love y'all. Thanks for listening to the Best Rapper in LA podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. If you like the show, leave a review on Apple Music or Spotify. And to support the podcast directly, go to patreon.com slash M-U-R-S 316, March 316. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace.